Welcome, welcome to the Council Connection. I am your host, Fabian Vixen. On today's podcast, we're going to have Deja Selby on for a few minutes. Of course, housekeeping. You want to buy something, you got to know what you're buying. So we're going to have a final thought on buying in. And we're going to talk about PBIS. The council's role in PBIS. Along with the other roles we, we have in the building. We got a jam-packed episode. So you know what is about to come up now. Let's go. So positive behavior, intervention, and support. Better known as PBIS. Don't say PBIS. That's incorrect because they added the intervention a few years back. It used to be PBS, but now it's PBIS. So it's PBIS. You got to say the letters out. Um, that is a little pet peeve. Uh, some folks still say PBIS, but, you know, it is what it is. But just like folks might still say guidance counselor, you know, just, hey, you know, it switched over to PBIS. Um. What is our role in PBIS? PBIS is a a team created to to sustain positive behavior in the building and create a positive climate for your building. And everybody plays a part in in the positive climate in the building. It goes from the cleanliness of the building with the custodians to the health and nutrition with the nutrition staff to the pedagogy of the teachers to the social emotional learning academic awareness career readiness of the counselors to the administrators to make sure all those things are tied together even down to hr when you're hiring the right people at the right time in the right place but pbis is something where you have to make sure that you have a plan in place to make sure that your building has a positive climate that students are doing the right thing at the right time now, am I saying that you're not going to have any write-ups? No, I'm not saying that. You're going to have some kids that's going to get some write-ups. You're going to have folks that's not going to have that full buy-in, which we will talk about later on in, in my final thought. But implementing PBIS is a tiered in, is a tiered level where it takes time to do it, where you're not going to just get it on the first year you do it. You're not going to have it the very first moment you implement PBIS, it takes time. And there are four different levels of PBIS that you that each building tries to go through, where you first go through installing to emerging to operational to now distinguish. Uh, our building right now is an emerging building where we have everything in place except for like number referrals and that type of thing, which goes to how do I get my referrals down in my building? How do I, how do I make sure that what gold needs to go on infinite campus goes in infinite campus. There's been a big, big debate on if we don't put referrals on infinite campus, you put it on a different platform, you're hiding referrals. Technically, you're not hiding referrals because in infinite campus or power school or Skyway, Skyward or whatever system you're using, the only things that are supposed to go inside of that platform are level three and above uh, violations like fighting, um, incivility to a point where you went through the code of conduct where it deserves to be infinite campus and get that discipline 
um, drugs, um, gambling, high, high form of academic dishonesty, um, vandalism, possibly, just depending on how bad the vandalism is. Those things are the only ones that should go inside of uh, your student information system platform. Now, how do we how do we teach PBIS? This that could be a long process that, that could take about an hour for this podcast. But the main things that we're going to go over are the areas where you should teach positive interventions and supports for behavior or positive behavior intervention supports. You know what I mean? The main place where mo- a good majority of your referrals are going to come from are in the classroom, which means you have to have your rituals and routines in place the first 10 days of school. And our district is big on that where you can do instruction, but you make sure you teach the interventions and the rituals and supports and routines of that of each classroom. I'm not saying every classroom is going to be exactly the same, but you should be able to have something similar in place where you have some type of structure and order and ways of doing things in your classroom. So that way, when you bring a new student in, those things are implemented, they'll fall in line and continue to go. Also, when you when you do positive behavior interventions, it's not always about trying to keep the bad kids from doing making bad decisions. It's all about rewarding the good kids that never get seen. So sometimes you got kids that I I met a kid while I was doing um advisement this this Thursday or Friday. I, can't, I think it was Thursday. I said I've never I've I've never seen you in my office before ever. They said, Yep, never been there, Mr. Beeks. I like, wow, it's good to meet you. I hate that you don't come here, but I'm glad you didn't have to come in here for other reasons. But I'm glad to meet you and spend this time with you to talk about um high school requirements for for the middle school to get to the next level. And that's that took me back a little bit thinking like all we I hate I'm not saying that's all we do, but it seems like all we caught to do is the kids that have issues at home or behavior issues and we never get a chance to meet the good kids or the kids that don't get in trouble and spend time with them that's just it's a shame to be honest with you that it it can be difficult we might see the kids in the classroom during classroom um, core curriculum you might see them in the cafeteria eating with a friend but just to spend time want to talk to them about talk about their goals and answer their questions they might have because they think like well they all never get the attention that they get because I don't get in trouble well, that's what PBIS really is for. You want to reward those kids that never get in trouble or reward the kids that improve from getting in trouble. So that's, it's a, it's a, it's a double-edged sword in that, that instance with PBIS. It's a, it's, a, it's a system that works if it's complete buy-in from everybody in the building. Um, another area we're going to, I know I went off on a little tangent right there, but, but another area where, you need to have PBIS implemented. It's going to be in transition areas like your hallways or restrooms, assemblies. Like, students might not know how to act in assembly because they've never been shown how to do it. And this is how we react act in assembly. You know, pay attention, um, cheer, don't boo, that type of stuff. Or cafeteria, make sure we clean up behind ourselves, make sure we eat in an oily fashion, be neat with everything that we're eating, that type of stuff. Um, hallway transition, make sure you're lined up nice and neat, orderly, quiet. And I'll be in the third tile from the wall, third tile from the right. Make sure you go in and note noise at a minimum, that type of thing. Those are the little things where it could be little 
facets of PBIS can be implemented in your in your daily day walk in your building. Another another tool that can be used with PBIS could be a matrix that can be posted around the building. Like if you're in the classroom, then you have your letters broken out. Like our building has Raider Pride, and Pride is is an acronym for each what pride should look like in those specific areas. The P for prepare, respect, uh, involve, determine, and now in game for us. So that way, because you know we also L I M school, a leader in me school, where in game is begin with the end in mind. Yeah, all roads lead to the milestones. And as far as the classroom and the cafeteria, all roads lead to when you finish eating, you make sure you clean up behind yourself. If you're in the hallway, make sure you transition quietly to the classroom. If you're in an assembly, make sure you applaud the person that finished their their piece in, in an assembly or a program or whatnot. So having a matrix posting around the building with those, those different facets in those specific areas, it, it'll, be a, it'll be a dual enforcement of what your building expects for your school to look like in these specific areas. Will it happen in two days? No. Will it happen in one year? No. Will it happen in two to three years? Maybe maybe not. But it's 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 a support and intervention system that's gonna take time to build and put in place. And and with that, you gotta have data to back it up. And part of your PBIS team, it's not only just making a matrix to go around the building and having celebrations and you know communications making sure you're using the right data for the right thing and some schools use you know every campus is a, is a baseline data where it gets uploaded into swiss from pbis apps and we use that site to analyze the data where referrals happen what time what grade level and and drill down on how to make the behavior cease not cease but decrease that unwanted behavior in that specific area and your PBIS team will do that when they meet once a month they go over the data look at the area and find ways to improve it over the next month and you come back and tweak it or improve it or move on to the next area that happened the previous month but the one thing about the PBIS team you have to have a coach you have to have a team leader the coach and the team leader are two different things the coach comes back with the information that it has has learned from the meetings the team leader makes sure the meetings run smoothly and it stays on agenda stays on target administrators therefore to support them get the full buy-in from the team so they can push for the bull buy-in for the staff you have a behavior specialist you have a recorder person that takes the notes you have a person a timekeeper that keeps time you have personal communication now that sounds like seven to eight people on your team but some schools might have like 12 to 14 people on the team and you might have a core set of folks on there and those people on your team have specific roles and you have to make sure those roles are being met and being fulfilled by the people that's on the team now within the team you can have subcommittees that don't but with that have folks that don't have to be on the team they could just want to help with pbi celebration help with learn data and communicate it in those areas so the one thing i've done this year is i've taken my i'm i had a problem with having my hands on a lot of stuff because of you know, just the, the, the call of the building. A lot of folks are being pulled in different directions. And as a coach, I had to make sure those things were run. But at the same time, it was burning me out some. So I made sure this year, I did it for two years, three years, actually invited people to participate on the PBIS team. 
and let their light shine and let them do what they do so they could create something that will make them, you know, be a part of the team so that way they can show like, hey, this is my this is my baby. I'm putting my buy-in on it. That way I'm, I'm buying in because I'm actually on the team participating. Buy-in. You're going to hear a lot of that today. Um, one thing about creating a committee on in a school, you have to have complete buy-in. You can't just tell somebody that you're on the team. Now, if you ask them to be on the team, they always want to be on the team, they can be on the team. Now, just telling somebody to be on the team, it is what it is, but you're not going to get that full 100% buy-in from that person by actually opening up the, the the door for people to participate on something that they want to participate on. You get that creativity, get the ideas, they get that buy-in, see how, how, how meetings actually run and see what, what all goes into those meetings. It's gonna be it'll be an awesome experience for those people to actually see that hey, I was a part of this and I like to stay on here. And it makes it a lot better for those those people to to get buy-in and pass along with the staff for they for them to get buy-in. They say, hey, that was my idea. And somebody said, I like the idea. He was on the team, y'all. I wanna be on the team too. Like, hey, just pop in now. So my this year I made it an open door with the team. Like I had a um one or two of the other teachers say, hey, I want you to be on, I want to, I'm going to come to your meeting. When's your next meeting? I was on one the day there for the next meeting. They're going to be, they're going to be there. And, you know, I'm not going to say you're not be on. No, you're not. Uh-uh. You're going to be on the teacher popping now. It's up to you to keep showing up. But as long as my foundational people show up, your, your team's going to be strong. Now, as promised for the last six podcasts, we have Deja Selby coming up next. Keep it locked, Dan. Welcome back to the Council's Connection. I'm your host, Fabian Bix. We have here on an interview is our Bibb County Council of the Year, Miss Deja Selby. Miss Selby, how you doing today? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Uh, we want to go ahead and get this interview started and just give us a little background about yourself and, and education and if you was in another field for education, that type of stuff. Sure. I, I'm actually a making transplant, as they say. I, um, I'm originally from College Park, but what brought me here is I initially um, was offered a job with Mercer University Upper Bound. So I worked with high school students um, here in Bibb County, and I worked there for five years. I really enjoyed working with the high school students, but I felt like I really wanted to make more of an impact with younger kids. And so that's what prompted me to actually go into education. Um, I came through the TAP program. I started out as an ELA teacher um, in middle school at Weaver, seventh grade, my first year. Then I um, ultimately worked with sixth grade for the remainder of the time that I remained a classroom teacher, which was for seven years. Um, so that's pretty much how I got into education. And again, it was to really make an impact with students, particularly in the area of writing, um, because that was one of the areas that I saw that students struggled in, um, in my working with them from up or down. And so being able to work with middle school kids, I felt like I could reach them, you know, before it was critical when they're in high school. Okay, let me backtrack a little bit. You from College Park? Yes. I'm from East Point. I went to Banneker High School. Oh, in I'm, Park. I'm from East Point. I went to Tri Cities. Oh my goodness! Wow. Okay, very cool. So you know we rivals then. 
Well, we'll we'll uh we'll put down on the on the bat burner for rivals because I know I think we played Battle Creek. The band was pretty decent when I was there. That was long time yeah, ago. I um not to age myself, but I graduated in '95. I did too. I graduated in '95. Okay. So we cool. so we're not aging we're aging nobody. So we're we're, we're good on that part. <laughs> okay. So uh, what put you, you you say you like working with um, students and writing and that's your passion ELA. What made you pursue a degree in school counseling? Well, as a result of my experience in the classroom, I began to realize that there are a lot of underlying barriers and issues that students have as it relates to social emotional um, issues that, like I said, really kind of were barriers to them as far as being able to be successful in the classroom. Um, so that's part of the reason that prompted me to want to pursue counseling because I want to be able to help them um, in a, on a deeper level um, so that they can really realize and maximize their potential as it relates to academics. Because we all know school success, it goes beyond just the content area. Um, there are a lot of other dynamics that go into it. And so school counseling really gave me an avenue to be able to work with students um, to give, in, I mean, my impact, in my, from my opinion, a, a greater impact impact because I do have an opportunity to really work with students more one-on-one. Okay, very good, very good. Now, you're the first Bibb County School Council of the Year. Have you still, how do you feel about that uh, a couple months later after finding out you won? to say, well, there are a couple of different words that I would use. First of all, I'm very, very humbled um, to have been selected, to be have been recommended um, amongst the individuals that were nominated. These are people that I've looked up to. Um, when I worked with um, Upward Bound, um, this Kathy Doctor was one of the um, contacts that I had at that time. So it was just an honor to be nominated amongst that group. Um, so definitely humbled, definitely honored um, and I would have to say it was also truly, truly a blessing for me because personally at the same time, well, actually when I was first nominated, um, there were some things going on with my mom. She had been hospitalized, so that was a personal struggle I was going um, through at that particular time when I first you know, heard the news that I had been nominated. And then um, when the, the exact same day that I found out that I actually had one school counselor of the year, my dad had been hospitalized. Thank God they're both okay, but it was just a blessing, you know, to be going through that personally and at the same time being recognized in such a, you know, very special and unique way um, because there are lots of wonderful, wonderful counselors. We do a lot of hard work um, in the district and beyond the district and so like I say just to kind of be recognized um it, it was very very humbling now as you know council has pretty much really been revolutionized over the last I'll say 10 years and we'll even go f as far as this summer when they changed over to the to the fourth edition where do you see counseling now versus we'll say we'll go back 12 years 12 years ago well, I would definitely say um, we are definitely um, more from the standpoint of being seen as change agents. I would say that um, from the standpoint of school leadership. 
Um, and there's definitely still some more work to do in terms of advocating um, so that people really understand what um, our role is as it relates to the overall school um, growth and development, but definitely more so um, a greater impact that we have in the you know, with the guidelines and things that have been set aside in terms of overall school leadership. And I think that that was something that was missing before. Um, the definition of a counselor was more narrow to just guide it, you know, like got the guidance counselor whole idea, notion, um, what that was. And so now we have an opportunity, like I say, to, you know, have a wider voice as it relates to overall school um, improvement and achievement for students. Well, Ms. Sub, I want to thank you for coming on on my podcast today, and I really appreciate you, and congratulations again for, for representing all Bill County Counselors as the Council of the Year, and hopefully you'll get the chance to defend your title again this year. I would, I would definitely love that opportunity. All right, thank you so much. Thank you. Right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. We'll be right back with some housekeeping items in my final thought. Welcome back to the Council Connection. I am your host, Fabian Vicks, live on location in Atlanta. Um, I have a gig this evening. I want to go ahead and get my podcast today. So I want to go ahead and post for you guys that are faithful listeners. I thank you for for being a part of my podcast. A um, couple housekeeping items. Um, you can follow me on Fave the PSC on Twitter. You can follow me on fadethecounselor.weebly.com My podcast is now on Overcast as well to go along with Google Podcasts, Spotify, iTunes, and a Breaker and a number of other platforms you get you listen to. You can also follow the podcast on anchor.fm forward slash Fabian dash Vix. That is F-A-B-I-O-N dash V-I-C-K-S. If you have a question about counseling or anything like that, you can drop a line on that site. It's going to ask you to create an anchor account so that way I'll be able to see who's answer, who asked the question. I Hopefully I'll be able to answer the question. Please use that platform. I, I, I would really love for you to use it so I can reach out to my my fans and stakeholders and colleagues alike that might have a question that's, that they might not have an answer to or something they, they, they didn't think about doing. Um, future podcasts we're going to have on some other counselors as well i'm working on um the gsca president maria grovener she said she would love to come she will be on the podcast um that's going to come probably in the the next couple months we're going to get her on um maybe around conference time in november maybe might be a little bit sooner who knows um might get i'm trying to work i'm gonna see if i can ask miss laura ross to be on my podcast um i know i'm putting it out there laura um sorry if I put you on the spot but hey I'm sorry also I might get Scooter Steve to see I'm gonna ask him don't hurt to ask if he'd be on my podcast to talk about um his his wife of creating Scooter and the need for for counselors and how does he see that going forward in the next five ten years where does he see the vision for Scooter also Cursor Lewis will be on my podcast it's just been a crazy two weeks trying to in the building, you know how it goes, and your 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 eighty part of your eighty percent is a lot of his responsive services. So we are are working on that area. So and I might have have our interns on there do an interview. If I could catch them, catch them in in the building, we're gonna we're gonna put them on the podcast. 
coming up my my final thought on buying in we'll be back Fabe's final thought. It's been a long week this week. Getting everything ready for the PBIS kickoff bar building. And let me tell you one thing about these kids. They are excited about PBIS and they want to have a good time. Um, our principal, Dr. Griffith Stewart, was walking the halls and she stopped me for a second like, man, Vix, I'm ready for this thing to start, Vix. One kid say he ready to party. He want to do no work. He's ready to get get it at the celebration. Like, oh, whoa, 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 we got to work. And I get up. I, I find it a little funny that the kids are ready to party. Now, the one thing I say about with PBIS is it's not a it's not an intervention by itself. It's a it is a pro. It's not a pro program. It is more of a style it's more of a implementation it's a it's a support it's also a framework and making sure that your school is a pbis school or your district is a pbis district like bibb county i know griffith spalding is also a pbis school one thing you got to make sure within that framework you're using that you have complete buy-in and buy-in is when all stakeholders are are ready to go, are ready to, at a drop of a hat, to fill in the gaps that you need for those specific programs. And the one thing about our our PBIS program in our district, you got to make sure you have complete buy-in. That goes for the same thing with your counseling program. In order for your counseling program to be successful, you have to have complete buy-in from every individual involved. It goes from the counselors that's on staff to the registrar to secretaries bookkeeper teachers custodians nutrition staff administration parents students and community leaders those people have to have complete buy-in to your program to see the vision that is taking place within the school if you don't have that buy-in or that trust or that belief that your council department can do what it says in this mission statement there's no point in even continuing on because you have to make sure that you get the buy-in from everybody now our, our building when I first got hired our building was more responsive services where you got to jump in and put out a lot of fires and it's, and it's going to be hard to it was hard to implement a comprehensive program I'm not saying we have implemented fully right now but there are inter, integrations and and foundational pieces implemented into the program where we can say we are implementing a comprehensive program. Don't get me wrong, we're still a responsive services building. But in order for us to be able to implement that comprehensive program, we still needed to buy in from the administrators and the staff and certificated and classified to believe that hey, they know what they're doing the program. This is gonna this is gonna work. And certain ways to make sure that you have buy-in course is the simple things on the simple things in the counseling like being visible being open being easily accessible helpful friendly knowledgeable resource ready those type of things will make 
your program more attractive. Those things will make stakeholders want to buy in for you. For example, I've talked about this a couple times on my previous podcast. Your advisory council is your biggest advocate. For instance, Mr. Bob Easter is our, our rep for our um, for our zone, for our district. And I finally was able to get him in the building for our advisory council uh, back in April, no, May. And the one thing he appreciated, even though he didn't make the first meeting, I emailed the data. And the first thing he said, man, I appreciate your, your quali- quali- quantitative data that you emailed, emailed me and showed me that you guys know what, know what data you're looking at and what you're looking for. And I'm looking forward to you know, actually coming to your meeting. He came to my next, he came to the next meeting. He was there in the flesh. I was shocked. And if we, if we were going ramp this, this year, I would have had his backing because he was there. And he saw the work that we were doing. Of course, I wasn't ready for us to go ramp at that present moment, but I know the one thing that we're looking at is making sure we get the buy-in from the people that we don't have easy access to. And that's that's where everything comes down to. And if you're an administrator, see that you can get the get the, a board member here, that's which is a major requirement of ramp, and and see that hey, they 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 see the work that we're doing and I think you can do it. You're gonna get a lot of buy-in as far as what your program can do. Buy-in even buy-in for yourself. Sometimes you get you dot your program, but you gotta continue on with the work that you do, continue on with implementing those pieces of the comprehensive program to make sure that it's that's implemented and it's running like it's supposed to run. There's gonna be some some hits on the road where you're gonna have to have to advocate and switch around and change the things and continue to document and advocate. But those things will come with time. But buy-in is the key to anything you do in your comprehensive school counseling program. Now, I want to thank you for listening to my podcast. I also want to thank Ms. Selby for, for joining me today. And we out.